ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Freedom Wire, your number one source for patriotic truth. The whole crew is back. Everybody's here. Sean, Connor, Grace, and our man in the great white north, Ryan James, sitting up there uh, freezing his uh, his toes off. To yeah, it's it's a it's a nice seventy degrees. To be politically correct, but that, that's cold compared to Florida, sir. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, true. Today we're going to be talking about uh, General My uh, Milley uh, throwing <laughs> uh, Joe Biden under the bus. Um, as he as well he should and uh, we're going to get into all of that in the hearings that are going on right now but before we do do us a favor like this video share this video comment on this video do you think this the whole afghanistan debacle is due to, to general milley or do you think it's joe biden's fault we have an answer but uh tell us what you think by commenting below also if you haven't already please subscribe to the channel and if you and hit that notifications bell, that way you'll know every time a new episode is up. Also, if you're not a member of Freedom Wire, real easy to do. We made it easy. Click the link on the bottom right hand side of the screen. Give us your name and email number. Actually, email number. Give us your email address. We don't need your name. Just give us your email address, and we'll start sending the stories that are important to conservatives like you and like us. And you probably won't read anywhere else. Um, Ryan, you've been watching these hearings all day. Um, why don't you just run with it, bro? Get wow, us, wait, get us, I have such an exciting out. life. <laughs> Make me sound so excited. Such an exciting life. I'm watching congressional hearings all day. No, actually, these were really, these ones were really interesting today. Uh, they they had uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Mark Miley. Uh, they had uh, Gloria Austin, and then the McKinsey, the head of the uh, Central Command there in Afghanistan, and they went through the Afghanistan exit. Uh, all the issues that happened there, basically to to sum up what was about six hours of testimony or whatever it was, is that Joe Biden may uh, screwed screwed it up really bad, screwed up Afghanistan really bad. They basically all threw him under the bus, like you said in your intro. They're like, yeah, we told him to keep twenty five hundred troops there and to to not be you know, to not get out so early and not so, uh, and work with the Taliban, all this stuff, and he didn't listen. So basically, he's got no excuses now. He can't hide behind his military advisors. Well, the the military advisors told me to do this. Well, no, that's not true. He and uh, Biden back in July, I think it was in July, he did that interview with George Stephanopoulos from ABC, and said, and when George Stephanopoulos asked him about um, about all that, he said that he he didn't uh, that the advisors told him that nobody told him that it was a bad idea or whatever. So it was kind of interesting that everybody was on board with him on the, the twenty on on the withdrawal, and that's not true according to the people that testified today. Yeah, uh, that Stephanopoulos interview is the gift that keeps on giving for trying to refute things that Biden is saying. So he laid out his entire narrative there and bit by bit, it is falling apart. That's the same interview where he said that they weren't gonna leave any Americans behind and they did that part where they said the Taliban was never gonna take over and form a government. That's exactly what they did. Uh, so that, that one interview was basically a condensed version of everything Biden did wrong on this entire process. And now, lo and behold, we have the three biggest people in the military, uh, General Mark Milley, like we mentioned, uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, and then also General Frank McKenzie, all going up to the halls of Congress with the unified purpose of 
throwing Biden under the bus where he deserves to be. Because uh, like Ryan mentioned in that Stephanopoulos interview, I believe he, or here's the exact quote. He said, no one said that to me that I can recall. Meaning no one said we shouldn't pull out. We should not uh, take all our people immediately. We should keep people behind. He insisted that no one had told him that. Well, today we just heard uh, from Frank McKenzie that they did indeed directly recommend Biden that they keep behind 2,500 uh, 2, troops and maintain a presence there because the Afghan army was going to collapse and the Taliban was going to take over. And Biden denied that. He pretended like he never heard. But now we find out. Turns out he knew all along this was going to happen. Everybody predicted it. And he just went with it anyway because he felt like it. people died and that's on him. Yeah, I feel like the biggest takeaway from Mark Milley's testimony today is that he won't take any accountability. No one is taking any accountability. I think it's the easy way out to blame Biden, who can't even defend himself, really. If you if Mark Milley told him that to his face on live TV, Biden would, would bumble and stumble all over the place. So it's easy to do that to someone who really can't say, say much for themselves. And I, th I just, I really have nothing to say about Mark Milley. He had nothing good to say. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of buck passing going on right now, obviously, because nobody wants to be the one whose fault it is. Biden, as commander-in-chief, has to have the buck stock with him because these are ultimately his decisions and the responsibility lands on him. And that's why, you know, when we get information from military leaders saying, we told him, we told him not to make this call, we told him what the better option was, and he went with the wrong option, that means it's Biden's fault. But, you know, of course, there is plenty of... Uh, but covering from McKenzie and Millie and Austin and all these other guys. Millie is in the hot seat for plenty of other things right now, as we have touched on in the past and we'll continue to get into in a minute. But for now, like since we're focusing on the Afghanistan thing, the complete denial of accountability is the real concerning part here. And I will re re reiterate once again, the only person who is experiencing serious consequences for anything pertaining to Biden or and the Afghanistan situation is Marine Lieutenant Colonel, Colonel Stuart Scheller, who is currently sitting in a military brig pending trial because he posted videos calling for accountability. I'll, I'll run that by you one more time. There's currently a guy in jail who, because he called for accountability for the people responsible for this. Meanwhile, all the people responsible for this are having their little squabble trying to decide who to blame. No one is facing consequences. How screwed up is that? Well, what about the 13 people who died and other people who are seriously injured? I think they're obviously the people who are affected the most by these decisions. But secondly, is this um, Lieutenant Colonel who is in jail? But I mean, there's different things you can say about him. Obviously, he shouldn't be in jail for speaking his own opinions. But as an active duty service member, you can't. He know he knew the risk risk he took when he did that, and he made himself an example so that other people could hear his opinion on it in the position that he's in. So I think that's really important to know. Oh, absolutely. And and my point with bringing up uh, Scheller in there wasn't that, oh, it's it's unbelievable that he's in jail. I mean, obviously, he broke uh, military rules. He violated 
uh, policy by speaking out against command in uniform in his official capacity as an officer. He was relieved of command. He surrendered himself to military police shortly after that, violated a gag order by continuing to post videos about it. So I'm not saying he should be immune to consequences. What I'm saying is he undertook that fully aware of the consequences and not attempting to escape from them. Meanwhile, all the people who are denying responsibility for it, military command, Biden himself, they all undertook these decisions, not only thinking that they were immune from consequences, but that they had done nothing wrong in the first place, that they couldn't even be questioned because they were obviously making the right decisions. Every one of these men is convinced that, you know, they were doing the right thing and anyone who's upset at them is a, you know, political actor who doesn't understand the situation. So it's kind of crazy. The one guy who actually is suffering public negative consequences is a guy who, though he committed a violation, was doing it on behalf of calling for accountability for everyone else. Right. Yeah. And I think that now I didn't watch the hearing and I don't know how true this is. I saw this today that Mark Milley basically admitted to the call, the controversial call between him and China when Trump was in office in January. And his reasoning was, yeah, I made the call, but I, I knew that Trump wasn't going to actually nuke China. <laughs> it is what he, it's essentially what he said. Yeah, he, he straight up said that Trump <laughs> wasn't going to, uh, to attack China. But, and then, but the, obviously, the worst part of the call that the, that's been getting the most attention is the fact that he apparently told China uh, that he, he would tell them if they were going to ever attack him. And he kind of, he didn't deny that either. He kind of admitted that he, he later in the hearing, he basically admitted to saying that to China, but then he hid behind a, well, you know, there's, there's, you know, if we were going to attack China, we, there would be back channel communication. He kind of tried to just like hide that. He just said that into, that oh, there'd be a lot of promotion. <laughs> What's that? Isn't that still treason? <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I still don't think it's very good, but he seemed to try to like, oh, it's no big deal. He tried to like downplay it, but I'm like, I haven't checked Twitter in a while, but I would hope somebody picked that up because I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, what a second. Did he just admit this out loud? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he just did after he like tried to clarify it earlier in the hearing. So he should have just probably not said anything because, well, and then he hid behind, the, well, I'll, I'm willing to address it all because apparently they're having a closed door hearing later because of intelligence. So, mm -hmm. but I don't know. It just seemed like, well, he kind of just, kind of jumped the gun there didn't you buddy <laughs> tell you the truth i'm i'm less concerned about that and more concerned about the alleged secret meeting with the other generals um telling them not to listen to trump uh if if he were to tell them to do to mm -hmm. or were to give mm -hmm. them an order that's the one i'm interested in that's the one that to me would be the biggest violation of his duty right there would be the, you know, it, it's a, the quietest military coup to ever happen in on American soil. Well, yeah. And he, he did kind of address that during the hearing and he just, but again, he tried to just make it like, well, it's just protocol. We do this all the time. You know, I bring him in, I was like, Hey, just reviewing the procedures of, you know, we, in case of a nuclear launch or whatever, it's just like, trying to basically just trying to make it seem well what what's well, no big deal we do this all the time that's kind of why i he was trying to spin it i felt like in, in the in the hearing because yeah i mean the other stories, 
Oh, the other story is Nancy Pelosi. I mean, we already know she's crazy, but <laughs> the fact that she thinks Trump is crazy and that he was going to launch nuclear weapons based on what evidence, I'd love to see it. But she, she calls up Millie like, oh, oh, he's not going to launch, he can't launch nukes, right? But like, like, on what evidence is she basing that off of to call the Joint Chiefs of Staff to ask that the President of the United States has the capability to launch nuclear weapons in that in his state of mind? Or is this like, Actually, he does. Who's that? The president does. Oh, have yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my point, well, she should know that for one, that obviously, but my point is the fact that she even thought to call the Joint Chiefs of Staff to ask him that question based on what? Like, why, why do you think he's actually, do you really think that he's like the most, pro, or uh, whatever word you want to use, isolationist or whatever, president we've had in modern American history, he's like the last person that would, I would think would use nukes like would want to use nukes of any president we've had in my lifetime so it's just well this was a, a ongoing leftist talking point from the very beginning of the the big scary orange man with his finger on the nuclear button trump never even came close to starting a non-nuclear war let alone an actual nuclear war but from the get-go they were this is the buffoon who has his his hand on the nuclear code and everything they've they've been freaked out about it as though it is an ongoing thing for presidents to constantly threaten nuclear war nobody wants that nobody does that it's just an ability the president has and in millie's testimony he went on to continue to explain how a lot of pelosi's attacks on trump uh, on trump while asking him about the process they were very personal and very uh conspiratorial of like not that the president had some sort of system in place that was bad, but rather Pelosi didn't like him personally and was therefore worried that he would use nuclear weapons, which is just ridiculous. And I will make this point, I've, I've made it before. If the executive office has so much power, the president is able to put you in mortal fear of your life merely by occupying the office or by doing some basic thing that should be non-threatening. Maybe it's time to curtail the power of the executive branch back to where it should have been. That's, you know, kind of an unavoidable conclusion to draw there. Because if Pelosi is terrified that Trump has his finger on the nuclear button, okay, well, it's an authority that's been granted to the president to authorize these kind of strikes. If you want to revisit that issue, we have an entire legislative branch that's capable of doing that. Or maybe the reason she didn't bring it up to the legislative branch is because it was all about how much she hates Trump. It was all a personal issue. Her own derangement about this one guy that she can't stand, she then comes up with this wild conjecture about how he's going to start a nuclear war to stay in power. And leading up to that, she you know, said he was going to invoke the military to stay in power. She said he was going to just barricade himself in the Oval Office and refuse to leave and he have to be fumigated out of there like he's, you know, a, a cockroach or termites or something. That's the actual word she used. So this was clearly an ongoing thing with her. And the fact that she would call the Joint Chiefs of Staff, like you said, Ryan, to bring that up, went to the highest levels of the military with her personal grievance against the president it's like, I think this guy's going to do something crazy. And the fact that, you know, Millie had to actually sit there and talk her through the process and explain, the president just doesn't have a desk or a button on his desk that he hits to launch nukes directly. It's not how this works. That should have been the end of it. 
for the fact that Millie then also had secret meetings and stuff. He's not that good of a guy either. So the two of them were kind of in the same boat on that one. And one thing we should add to this conversation about Millie is he admitted in the hearing that he spoke to Woodward about his, uh, was interviewed for Woodward's book. It's going to be hard for him to, he's going to have to claim that he was taken out of context. Kind of hard to take out of context a phone call with a foreign powers military, but whatever. I, I will reiterate once again, politicians left and right, stop talking to Bob Woodward. Yeah. You guys are idiots if you speak to the guy whose claim to fame is breaking the Watergate scandal. Like, that was given to him on a platter, by the way, by the, it's, it wasn't even that great of reporting. The FBI, yeah. the under uh, the sec, uh, deep, th- it was deep throws, the under, uh, the second guy in the command at the FBI just gave him the whole story. It wasn't even that hard of reporting. I mean, obviously, but like the guy could report that. Is, no, is known for, for breaking these kinds of things and running with them. Every politician who talks to Bob Woodward, Democrat and Republican alike, ends up getting screwed by what they said. So I don't know, for your own self-interest. Maybe don't talk to Bob Woodward. Just that's a thought. Why never interviewed with him. I'll give Woodward one thing. He's not like Bernstein, where Bernstein, his only claim to fame is Watergate. Carl Bernstein, his partner from the Watergate uh, reporting back in the 70s, he's always like, everything's worse than Watergate. This is worse. Every time he's on CNN, I see this is worse. Like, dude, you're a one-hit wonder, bro. Like, just give it up. You didn't have anything really to do with, the, with your one hit. It was Woodward, but. Yeah, Watergate isn't even the biggest scandal anymore. Everything that's happened in the past year is way bigger than that, in my opinion. Yeah, we've we've seen Watergate surpassed 10 times over in the last eight to 10 years. But, you know, it, it, it's the, the metric by which all political scandals are defined because it was the first big one that everybody knew about. But to, to bring it back to the, the point with Millie, The fact that we have the Speaker of the House and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff conspiring together with other military officials to undermine a president, and they all just walk away with it, or get away with it. Like we mentioned, Stuart Scheller is in a jail cell right now, and Mark Milley and Nancy Pelosi are free to go about their business as they see fit, because not only did they do what they did, thinking that it was the right thing but they did it expecting no consequences because they thought they were so far above that that it wouldn't even factor in you you see when they're confronted on these subjects they're almost surprised they're being questioned about it like of course we would be skeptical of trump starting a nuclear war to stay in power of course we would tell military leaders to disobey his commandments in the final months of his presidency wouldn't you wouldn't that be the right thing to do and the incredulity with which they meet these accusations really goes to show how convinced they are of their own power. And that's a little bit of a concern for people who are supposed to be operating in a democracy. And that's the thing is that I think they're right. I mean, I think they act smug because they have reason to be. I mean, they are above the law. They don't get held accountable for anything. Yeah, they might be forced to testify a few times and it might last for several years and everyone might remember them as the bad guy during Afghanistan or Benghazi or whatever it was, but they're never going to be held accountable at the end of the day. Only little people like Lieutenant Colonel Scheller will be held accountable. And they're they're fully expecting that. Um, They're expecting that the memory of the American people will be short enough to allow Afghanistan to 
passed into the annals of history without much comment. They'll cut the Taliban another massive check like they've already done to get them to leave our remaining people alone. And then they'll move on in the news cycle and expect that in the next six months, you're going to forget about it. And it's already starting. Yeah, but you know People what, are already moving on. It's, it's been a bad couple of weeks for, for the Democrats. We got um, Special Counsel Durham's revelation that, uh, uh, in, you know, indicting of... Um, Sussman. Yeah, the Clinton lawyer. The Clinton lawyer for lying about Russia Gate. So that lie is exposed. And now we have another lie exposed by Joe Biden. This is a trend that we've known was going to show up eventually. Um, that, that this is going to be something that's going to happen because you cannot lie to the level that the left has lied and not get caught. Yeah, they might get caught, but they're not going to be given any consequences. Well, I think the consequences, though, Grace, are going to show up in 2022 and 2024. Like, there may not be some legal consequences, um, but I do think these consequences will be shown at, at at the voting booth. Well, I'm feeling pessimistic today. I'm going to say that that's what we thought about 2020. And they hit us 10 times harder. <laughs> I did not believe the, the that. The difference is we, they, the American people have seen what they do when they're in power though. now. They see, especially Joe Biden, and their uh, Republicans are basically just going to, if they're smart, they would just run against Joe Biden and just attach every candidate to his incompetency. Yeah, watch for the narrative pivots and the, the full court presses on, on campaigning coming up to 2022 and 2024. Because... As soon as Afghanistan started blowing up and all the military leaders started being open about how they told Biden the exact opposite of what he did, and as soon as the border crisis began exploding again, they immediately shifted to talking about climate change. We'd gone silent on climate change for three, four months, and then all of a sudden, all these crises break out, and we're talking about climate change again, and that's that's the big focus. That's really where we're... Watch for the pivot, because... Yeah. Like I said, they're expecting you to forget that Afghanistan happened. They think that if they can insulate it from the news enough and stop enough people from talking about it, you as an American voter will forget it happened. They will go back to, oh, the, the Republicans are doing all these things against abortion in Texas. Uh, abortion laws are actually a form of white supremacy, didn't you know? And Look out for climate change. Climate change is the big concern. We really only have six years left. Experts are saying they've changed it since the last time we asked them. Watch for them to pivot to that. They're already starting it. Don't forget what's going on behind the curtain. This is what they want you to ignore. And if they can make you forget for 2022, Grace's pessimism will be confirmed because this is how they operate. I think I think if they are pivoting to uh, climate change, I mean, America, American people have proven in the exit polls in every election in recent memory that that's not an important issue to to most Americans. So if they want to run on that, go ahead. <laughs> I think they're going well, to try. It's yeah. what fires up the base right now. It's what gets the lunatics freaking out because it's the most life or death thing they can come up with. It might get their people out, but Biden's severely underwater with independence right now, which, we, as we know, usually decides most election outcomes. So, I mean, and I don't think they care about climate change. I could be wrong, but 
Well, if no, all else I, fails, I don't think it's going to be the climate change that they run with. I think it's going to be how successful they are with the COVID stuff. If they can make it disappear within six months to a year, if they can, if they're successful in getting most people to comply and get vaccinated and they can lower case rates and do whatever they think they're going to do and have most of America forget about that all this even happened within the next year, then I think that's their best bet. And that's what they're going to campaign on. It could be. It could be. It's what they ran on in 2020 when they said, we have a plan to shut down the virus. Trump has absolutely no plan. We know how to fix it. Oh, here we are nine months down the road and nothing's fixed. They haven't actually stopped the virus in any significant well, capacity whatsoever. And as Sean mentioned in an article that's live on Freedom Wire right now, Biden just moved the goalpost on the vaccination rate they say we need before we get back to normal. Mm -hmm. He was saying a little while ago, up to as recently as a few weeks ago, that we, once we get to 75%, things will be normal, things will be safe. Well, he just moved it to 98%. So we're never hitting that because we barely hit 75, if you even trust the report, we actually got that far. So the goal has been moved to the point where we will never reach it. They will never let us go back to normal because COVID is the best thing that ever happened to them. It gave them 2020. It will likely give them massive amounts of success down the road if they play their cards right. And that's why they will continue to shift the narrative. It's not about Afghanistan crisis. It's about the guy who rolled out the vaccine. He didn't have the vaccine when he came into office, you know, says the man who was vaccinated before he became president and all that other good stuff that they continue to lie about. And if all else fails, they can always just cheat. Because mm -hmm. as Grace mentioned in an article, also on Freedom Wire, Gavin Newsom just permanently installed vote by, by mail in California. Worked for him in the recall, might as well make it the system forever. And they're doing that on a national level. So if they can't pivot and they can't do full court presses on advertising, and they can't convince you that they're winning on COVID, they might as well just fudge the numbers behind the scenes. They're never going to lose an election again. That's their plan. Even with the Maricopa County election audit, which I'm sending you a recap on that right now, um, they, you know, the, they found that during the audit, on the day before the audit started, someone went in with an unassigned login and wiped all the data from the election results in 2020. So the data that they were able to uh, audit and look at was data that they recovered. So we'll never know what the original data was. And that is exactly why we'll never, we're, we're unlikely to actually win another election again, so long as it's a Republican candidate that they oppose. Well, I would say on, on the, the, uh, the recounts always crack me up on those things. So that's, I mean, of course, they're gonna come up with the same total, right? It's the, that's not what we, a lot of us have questions on. It's how, the, how those ballots were obtained in the first place. Right. Yeah. You know, that always cracked me up. Well, we recounted and showed like the same score. I was like, well, of course it's going to, but like that's not the that's not the problem. No, the several thousand duplicate ballots is what we're asking about. We don't care how, like what number you ended up with. We want to know why that number is three times the size of the population in your county. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, these are the questions that not only get you yelled at by Democrats, but also get you banned from YouTube. So, yeah, yeah. tread lightly, Freedom Wire, and the rest of you patriots out there, Big Brother is watching. 
Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's amazing that in the United States of America, you cannot talk about something that's in the news and without threat of being canceled. Yeah, yeah we're, we're all on notice right now. They have us all exactly where they want us to be. I think we're, we're, we're losing this war desperately right now. And it's oh, really you are bad. so pessimistic <laughs> today, girl. I'm usually so optimistic, but I'm very pessimistic today. I'm sorry, all, everyone, all the Freedom Wire patriots. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally disagree. I, I really feel we're turning a corner because uh, I, I just, I just uh, finished an article on a poll. The majority of Americans feel that the, the radical left has used the pandemic to institute socialism. Yeah, but it, what can it, they do it, about it? But and 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 here's here's something we still got to you still got to remember. Now Trump is more popular than Biden at this very moment. Forty six percent Biden, forty eight percent Trump. That is Thank good you. news. That is very Thank good news. Uh, we talked about this on this other podcast. Thank you, Facebook and Twitter, for banning him because I think that's actually worked to his advantage. <laughs> They're not here, you know, he can't make so, you know, he doesn't always make the most artful tweets sometimes, but now people are just remembering how, yeah, everything was pretty good though. That guy talked a lot, but things were pretty good. This guy sucks. <laughs> this guy now. Again, what does it all matter at the end of the day if they can just cheat and win it all? Well, not saying, I'm not they, saying that we shouldn't vote or that we shouldn't have hope or anything like that, but there's so many things that just, we've, we've lost so many important battles recently, especially over like the last month that it's like, I don't know how we're going to recover. Well, the battles were lost because look at who the current administration is. Uh, look at what they control. There are going to be losses here, but that's why things like election integrity bills and that sort of thing are so important. And, you know, even though the Supreme Court did not give Trump the result he was hoping for after the 2020 election, they have actually been ruling on a few conservative issues in a way that you would hope a conservative majority Supreme Court might. So the fight is still going on. The fight's not over and done with. And that's why, you know, you stay aware of where the actual battle is. Don't get so caught up in debating the semantics of, you know, TV shows banning use of the word guys because it's not inclusive. Like there, there's a time and a place to have that battle. That's not right now, because honestly, Grace's pessimism is understandable because people who stand for conservative American values really does feel like we're on the ropes right now. You look around the country where we are potentially facing loss of jobs if we refuse to get vaccinated. That's something that's coming for all of us. Freedom Wire is not immune to that. As part of a larger company, we will face that at some point assuming Ron DeSantis doesn't, you know, manage to put a stop to it and nobody manages to block Biden's uh, attempts to make us all take the vaccine. Uh, the new go or governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, just fired a bunch of unvaccinated healthcare workers. Remember last year when all frontline healthcare workers were heroes because they went and did their job when no vaccine was available? Well, as soon as the vaccine became available, if they didn't take it, they're now villains who deserve to be fired. And that's, that's what they want around the rest of the country. These are the important battles that are going on right now. And if we sit on our hands and do nothing, 
or we get so caught up in, oh, what's the point? They're just going to cheat anyway. Then we create a self-fulfilling prophecy where we are defeated forever. So that's why it's important to get in on the fight. And again, don't, don't, don't forget, we now have BLM on our side. The plot twist of the century. (laughs) One thing. We need to focus on what unites us, not what divides us. And right now, the thing that does unite us is a hatred for racist vaccine mandates. So uh, I'm not saying BLM and conservatives make for good bedfellows, but take what you can get. Honestly, I've always been a Nicki Minaj fan. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we were allies with Stalin, so Mm -hmm. sometimes you. Stranger things have been known to happen. Yeah, sometimes the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The enemy of your enemy is still your enemy, but take what you can get while getting is good, you know? Uh, otherwise, you might not be around long enough to sort out your issues with the other guy. It, it all circles back around, Ryan. Circle back around before we end here, Saki style, to why this, this testimony today, I feel, is important because getting back to what we were talking about, some, you know, Biden ran on COVID stuff and the Democrats, but his big selling point was, I'm not, you know, I'm a return to normalcy, whatever that even means. I'm, you know, I, I felt compelled to run. I'm an honest, likable guy, you know, just like, you know, I'm just going to be honest and transparent. Well, this whole hearing today just exposed him for the liar and fraud he is. I mean, it just confirms it's, it's not even just, it can, uh, that we, I mean, all of us that have followed Joe Biden's career knew this already, but now the people that were no, I guess this like thought for some reason he was this honest, likable, affable guy, or seeing that that's not true at all. I mean, this is the guy that had to uh, 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 withdraw from the ADA campaign for plagiarizing a speech. So this is not like he's been Mr. Honesty his whole life. He's 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 a serial liar, as far as I'm concerned. You know, so that's what that hearing showed us today. Is that he can't even he's not even capable. And these are just these are important lies. These got people killed. Bloody Biden. 13 did a Americans whole episode on that. Yep. But on that note, yeah. Ended on a happy note. Yeah. yeah. But on that note, because we are up against the clock here, we will leave off. Uh, make sure you do all the stuff Sean told you to do at the beginning of the episode. Like the video, comment. If you agreed with us, let us know your thoughts. If you disagreed with us, let us know your thoughts. We're curious. We, we take the time to read through all the comments, see what you guys are saying. So please, by all means, let us know. Uh, then head over to freedomwire.com. Give us your email, sign up for our daily mailing so that you get to hear all these stories and more. Never miss when we post an episode or write an article. Speaking of articles, check the links in the description below. Should be probably hovering somewhere right around Grace right now, the link to that. Um, Head down there, links to articles that we mentioned, other podcasts, videos, some stuff we didn't even get to cover today. Uh, make sure you read along with all that, stay informed. Then don't forget we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your listening material. Help us get off YouTube, beat big tech censorship, go download over there, Freedom Wire Podcast, and follow along with us. Guys, any closing thoughts here as we release the people to go find out more about what Millie had to say today. No. Sean, you changed sunglasses. Was that an important development or did you just want to have a different look to close us out? Uh, here? I, I wanted to have a different look uh, to remind everybody that we do have a choice of what, 
what we can and cannot do. If I want to wear these glasses, I can wear these glasses. If I want to wear the other glasses, I'll wear those. But what's important is I have the choice to do so. And that should be with everything up to and including my body. Yeah. Wise words created around a metaphor for sunglasses. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, have a good one. Thanks for stopping by. Remember, stay safe, stay free, and God bless.